Hey there, listeners. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Busby Babe podcast. We're doing our PSG preview show today, and I'm joined by PSG Talk uh, podcast host and writer, Kose Espinoza. Kose's uh, here to discuss PSG's tactics, how they've looked the past couple of weeks, how he thinks they'll stack up against Manchester United, a revitalized Manchester United under Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. And uh, it's a great one. So thanks for tuning in and stay tuned some, for some great takes on Manchester United versus PSG coming up. Hey listeners, welcome to the Busby Bay podcast. Today we'll be doing a PSG Champions League preview show. Um, unfortunately, my co-host Matt couldn't make it for the interview, but we have Jose Espinoza. Uh, from PSG Talk here as a guest. Kose, how's it going? Hey, Colin. Um, thank you Thank you so much for having me here. Um, we had a great, great episode when um, you guys came over to our podcast, and I am extremely excited to be here for the people who don't know. Um, I'm, uh, you know, from the PSG side of, of this story, uh, PSG Talk, and uh, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you, Kose. Uh, we're really interested to get uh, the PSG take on this. Uh, there's a lot of confidence coming from the United camp uh, now that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has taken over from Jose Mourinho. Uh, ten matches, all unbeaten, one draw, and nine wins in all competitions under Ole. Uh, Paul Pogba has been, you know, a, is a renaissance man now. He's been reborn. Uh, Marcus Rashford uh, turning into a prolific goal scorer. And... Uh, a lot of United fans really excited about this matchup with a quality opponent like PSG. And uh, we were wondering, uh, what what has the PSG camp been expecting from this match? I know they, uh, they've kind of got Ligo wrapped up at this point. Um, they had a tough... Uh, they got knocked out in the Coupe de la Ligue, did they? Uh, yes. Yes. Um, so the, and the UEFA Champions League, of course, always yeah. has been one of their top priorities uh, in previous years. It's even gotten... Some managers fired. So, um, what what is what is PSG expecting from this, and what have what is PSG talk kind of looked at in the uh, weeks leading up to this match? Uh, no, yeah, for sure. I mean, um, Champions League is definitely um, where PSG wants to wants to be measured, uh, where they want to be successful. Um, and it looks it looks uh, we we have a history we have a history of getting um, tough. Op- Opponents, we have gotten Barcelona three times out of the last six years. Uh, mm-hmm. The other, the other one was Real Madrid, um, and then the one time that we got Chelsea, we went through. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, anyway, we've we've been having uh, you know troubles in the Champions League since whenever I can remember. Um, and you know that's how it is because it's a it's a top top quality competition, and um, it was looking good for us uh, this this time when we drew an opponent that was. Uh, having trouble, that was having a turbulent time, uh, inner tensions with the coach, with the players, um, and it didn't look it, it it looked really positive from from the PSG side uh, for the fact that we were gonna be able to face a team that um, up up until that point hadn't shown uh, the, the the real potential and the true quality that that the, that the squad had. Um, and now that that all is taken over, we've seen Manchester United. They can be 
very tactically versatile. We've seen them play possession. We've seen them play counter-attack. Um, like I was telling you before, I watched the um, game earlier today um, against Leicester, and it was pretty nice. Like you said, uh, Pogba combines amazingly with, with Marcus Rashford. Marcus Rashford has become a very, very important goal scorer. Um, and I think that that's going to be something that we're going to have to watch out. Um, Leicester are not a bad team. United has had already beaten um, Arsenal and Tottenham, so we know that they are playing very good football. Um, so there's many there's many situations that um, are bringing us trouble right now. Uh, like you said, the the renaissance of Manchester United, uh, the fact that Verratti might it looks like he might be able to come back for the first leg, um, which is very positive and important news. Mm-hmm. Um, but even if he doesn't, uh, of course, that's that's still a huge, huge loss. Uh, Neymar seems he's not going to be available for any of the two legs. Um, there, he has a metatarsal injury, the same one he had last year. Um, but this one is not as bad, and they are choosing uh, a little bit more of a conservative treatment uh, for him this time out, which, which means he would take less to get back on the pitch, but still would... would um, would miss the two Manchester United games. So, it's, it, it, def- it's, I mean, it, it definitely hurts us because Neymar has been such an important figure in the dressing room, on the pitch. He led us to victory uh, when, we faced, when we faced Liverpool. Um, he's, he's been there every time that, that he's been asked to, to, to be there. He's so talented. Um, and, and to miss him in the pitch is something that, that's going to affect us, affect us in, in manners that I couldn't even start to describe, um, mm-hmm. but it is it is uh, very positive that Verratti might be able to come back as um, and if, and you might know uh, the the midfield of our team is looking very thin. Um, we don't have many we don't have any many many options to choose from in that regard. Um, yeah, I saw that uh, Danny Alves was starting in midfield in the last game that PSG played. Yeah, exactly. Um, Danny Alves is actually the only player that has played uh, every position for PSG. So he's played <laughs> a goalkeeper, uh, defender, midfielder, and attacker. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. Uh, no, definitely. I mean, that that tells you all you need to know. I mean, I mean, Danny Alves has started uh, the la- the last. Uh, I would say three out of the last five games as a midfielder. Um, he's not terrible um, there, but. Um, he still is not a natural midfielder. We, we still have to rely a lot on Verratti for, for our creativity uh, in the middle of the field. So that definitely impacts uh, the, the way a PSG attack develops. Uh, um, and and uh, Rabiot has been pretty much out of the team for the last month or month and a half. Um, so so uh, But the, the good news is that uh, Leandro Paredes signed for us. Um, just at the end of, of this transfer window. Mm-hmm. So there's options to choose from, um, but it, it looks like it's going to be a lot, and, and for many, many of the variables that I, I've just been rambling about the last five minutes, um, I think it's going to be a very, very close tie. I mean, PSG are in for to, to go against a team that is very talented, that will show them their qualities, um, and they need to be... Mm, so so concentrated, um, which is something that that we're not very good at. Um, so so it it'll be something to to contemplate, but it's gonna be very close in my opinion. Yeah, concentration uh, has 
kind of been a factor in some of PSG's struggles in the Champions League because I actually thought um, for bits of the Real Madrid tie last year, PSG looked as if they you know, could go ahead and score a few goals. Uh, of course, Real Madrid has just become a sort of European juggernaut uh, under Zidane and Ronaldo. Now that both of them are gone, I think Real Madrid was a team I was hoping <laughs> United would uh, draw in the round of 16. And and then, of course, there was that uh, that awful uh, Barcelona tie I don't want to bring up because I'm sure that's some bad memories for you guys. Oh, but, yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, so it, it does seem like luck hasn't really been on PSG's side, and especially in the group stage this year, drawing Napoli and Liverpool in the group stage was really tough. But I thought they responded particularly well to going down early in the group stage. They responded really well in matches against Napoli and Liverpool late and then thrashing Belgrade on the last day to secure their spot, and really putting Liverpool in a position where they may not go, have gone through. Uh, no, yeah, for sure. And and uh, put it this way, I mean, like you said, we lost our first our first game uh, of the Champions League this, this season. We lost it against Liverpool, 3-2. to two. Um, But it was a game that uh, transcended a lot more than what the result, um, that, that what... Basically, the result was able to say. Um, and the fact is that uh, PSG did not play well that game. Um, Liverpool monopolized possession. PSG had to drop back, uh, soak in the pressure. It wasn't uh, particularly a flattering display for, by, by the Parisians. But what, what the takeaway was, um, was that coming around minute 87, the game was tied to two. Mm-hmm. So, so, uh, um, that that's very telling uh, about Tuchel's tactics and about uh, the, the character that he's trying to instill in the players, which is something we've been looking for for many, many, many seasons. Um, into even when they're playing bad, being able to pull out a draw. Now again, concentration was a factor, and we got scored on uh, in in uh, injury time. But uh, you know it happens, and um, I think that the important thing was how telling it was. Um, about PSG being able to ho- hold the result to a certain point um, and also pinpoint to our biggest lack, which was the lack of concentration uh, from that game. Now, going from that game on forward, um, PSG were very, very good, um, except the first half against Napoli, which which um, was not something uh, very flattering either. Um, but apart from that, they were very solid. On um, the second game against Napoli, they played some fantastic, fantastic football Um we only ended up tying for a a defense a, a defensive mistake, so again concentration was a problem. Um, but but talent and character was enough to get us uh, through Liverpool, and that put us in a position where we were um, or or we were relatively happy because we could not draw um, any of Real Madrid, Barcelona, or Bayern. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, that's how it that's how it felt coming out of the group stages. But but they did uh, in the end came uh, they did come out first. In the group, uh, which was the objective at the beginning, um, even if even if it was a lot uh, a lot tougher than than some people uh, expected, but but they did it, and I think that's what what counts. Yeah, P- PSG responding really well, and uh, going back, I guess, to the lack of concentration. I, I wanted to get your take on this as somebody who follows PSG so regularly. Is uh, I've not really followed the French league in a couple of years. Uh, Part of it, to be honest, was after Neymar and Mbappe both went to PSG, I just didn't expect it to be as competitive as it was the year before when Monaco ended up winning it. Um, and, and it's sort of come to 
be the case where PSG is just dominating a lot of teams that uh, looked like they could be legal challengers. And I think that speaks a lot to the quality of PSG. But um, I was also wondering if you thought that maybe that affects their performances in the Champions League where week to week in the in France they're playing against teams that you know maybe aren't necessarily anywhere near their quality you know there's a pretty sizable gap between them and some of the other teams that they play in the French league and then when they go into the Champions League uh they're have they're having to play teams that are of the same quality as them but uh perhaps are more tested and more proven against other quality teams on a regular basis no, uh i mean i i understand i understand um your point and and to be honest, um, it is true that um, PSG. Because I want to start all of this by saying that the French league um, is. I I don't believe um, it's a it's a problem when it comes to PSG's preparation mm-hmm. um, for the Champions League or for um, whatever competition they might need to to encounter. But I will go ahead and say that uh, there is many factors um, that contribute into that decision. Uh, first of all, um, it is true that, that that the league is at some level uh, beneath the other great great uh, championats of the world, um, and that the reason because of that is that they um, PSG doesn't have a team that will pressure them or or that will be able to keep up with with uh, the way they they win points. So in that in that sense, um, I would say even PSG gets an advantage uh, in the fact that they are able. To rotate um, and uh, take take uh, the league games um, as they come, with a much lesser concern that it, it would be if, if there would be uh, a team that would be right behind PSG points-wise uh, in the standings. Now, I also think that um, this translates to sometimes PSG. Uh, you know, we've we've won the we won the league with Dorem. Blanc, uh, with 32 points above the second one, um, which is the, the time we, we had the most advantage over the second position, I believe. Um, but, the, but the mentality has changed. Um, and the fact that Tuchel has come in, he won 14 games straight, uh, which is why we're running with it uh, at the starting of February. Um, but uh, he's, he's changed the mentality. He, he's changed the way the players approach the games. Um, going away to play at Marseille, uh, is never easy. It's never easy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's like teams like Gingham, uh can sometimes surprise you. That's how we. That's we. That's how we got eliminated from the Coupe de League. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still a league that will allow some some uh, advantages to PSG that I don't think other leagues would um, allow them to do. Like, uh, you know, rotating. I think it's one of the, the stronger ones. Uh, being able to rotate in league games, not having to worry um, that much about that. However, um, I do think that because of how transitory uh, Ligue 1 can be made, uh, PSG can find themselves um, spotlighted in a Champions League game. And, and we've seen many, many times uh, a, a mental lapses uh, with defensive mistakes, uh, concentration errors. I think that, that is certainly the biggest hurdle PSG tried to have to get over during their their incursion in this in this Champions League, if they wish to go past uh, the round of 16, rather than um, rather than it would be to expect them to improve their league to to be better at the Champions League, which in a in a, in a level makes sense, but also is I think it's also more like a give and take um, kind of situation where, where 
they would 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 be more tested in other situations, um, but still they have the advantage that they are able to use that to um, improve in their players' fitness, uh, which is amazing because we, for example, would love to rest Marco Verratti until the the United game. That, that's a very good point, and um, I believe it was last year when he broke into the team, but uh, PSG's kind of ability to rotate uh, has kind of given you know some of their youth players a chance to come in. I think Presnel Kimpembe, or Kimpembe has been a very good uh, addition to PSG's squad over the past year, uh, especially defensively as uh, they kind of look to solidify you know what their best back four is or what their best back three is. Uh, with Thiago Silva, who I rated as probably the best defender in the world a few years ago. Of course, he's kind of aging now, but I still think he's got something in him. And uh, Marquinhos is a very dynamic player, so I guess that's kind of allowed him to play in different positions as well. Uh, I think he's played in midfield a few games as well recently. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. And and you, what you're saying is so important um, in, in what has been the development of the team in the last few years. Um, and you're absolutely right. Uh, Kimpembe coming into the team was a Hail Mary uh, from the gods. We used to only have uh, three center backs. David Luiz left. Um, you know, like you said, Teco Silva, Marquinhos, they're fantastic players, but you usually can survive with just two center backs, mm-hmm. um, which was fantastic why Kimpembe broke into the scene. He is super talented, very, very strong in the air, very strong, strong passes. Um, he's very attack-minded, yet his defense is also very capable, which is amazing because, like you said, um, Thiago Silva is uh, almost 34, uh, if not 34 already. Um, I think he's playing probably the best football in his career this season, um, but but he's still aging. Um, and I think that uh, he needed to look beyond what beyond Thiago Silva, um, and they've done that by by letting Kimpembe walk into the team by letting um, Carer, by signing Carer, which is has been, in my opinion, a, a fantastic signing. Um, so that position looks great. And you can even see that, that the influence that that had in other positions. Um, you know, Rabio being the first, the first uh, of those of those academy graduates that, that won a, a starting spot on the team. Um, now, of course, different unfortunate situations have, have driven him out, but Still, the point remains, uh, which you can also see in Ariola, who is um, so we don't have a starting goalkeeper at PSG. It's uh, they they take turns between Buffon and Ariola, um, and I think uh, Ariola is a is a brilliant brilliant keeper, uh, world champion with France, uh, and he came out of that academy. So I think what you're saying is is I I, I wouldn't be able to say anything more truth because. Um, PSG are being able to pull out, even if they do spend the, the big money on, on big players, and because they do, um, they are able to pull out fantastic talents from their from their own backyard as well. Yeah. And, um, of course, that, that depth in midfield that they've been, you know, forced to experiment with is going to be really, really important in the weeks to come without Neymar and possibly without Verratti, though... Uh, I, I personally hope that uh, both of them are able to play against Manchester United. I know some people are kind of like, you know, it, it'll be easier to possibly for United to get through to the next round playing a team without some of their best players. But I think the part of the joy of the Champions League is watching your team go up against another quality opponent. And if they're not at top strength, and really, I think it loses some of its entertainment value. And this is a tie I was really looking forward to when it uh, first came out, partially because I was excited to see Neymar and, you know, 
a really big stage against a traditionally uh, successful team in the Champions League. Oh, no, for sure. I mean, I agree completely with what you're saying. Um, it is always better to see your team uh, being tested against the best um, and, and, if possible, succeeding, of course. Um, but, but you know, football is what it is. Um, and I think that PSG will will need to adjust uh, the mentality to how they are approaching this game um, and how they're going to play away at Old Trafford uh, and how they're going to try and use that result to take it back to, to Paris. Um, but I think that we still have many, many talented players. Uh, we still have a very capable squad um, and a manager that I trust very, very much. Um, so if he's able to put together the pieces we have, um, we can still be a world-class team. Um, and that's what I expect to see from PSG against Manchester United because it will be a very interesting, very, very close game. All right, so moving more into, I guess, predictions for the game. Uh, one player I've kind of looked at as uh, a bit worrying is Angel Di Maria, a former United player, a former number seven for one season. Uh, he started his United career pretty well. Uh, he was bagging quite a few assists and some pretty produced some pretty memorable moments early in that season and then trailed off and had some problems with Louis van Gaal, the manager at the time, and ended up being sold to PSG the next summer after only one year at the club. Uh, Angel Di Maria has become a pretty important player uh, in the midfield for PSG with uh, Verratti and Neymar missing out, and his playmaking ability has come through in the past few matches. Uh, what do you expect from him at Old Trafford, to kind of returning to a ground that uh, has been singing his name in a pretty negative light uh, since his departure? Oh, of course. Um, well, I, I think I do think his year in England was um, not as disappointing as some people might make it seem. Um, I know, of course, that uh, in that time, I believe he was like a record transfer, um, and he did only produce like ten assists or somewhat uh, close to that. So I do think his time was was in England was a disappointment uh, to some extent, but. Um, I think he made the right move, um, you know, moving to PSG, Louis van Gaal, wasn't using him in the position he wanted to be used. Um, Laurent Blanc gave him a lot more freedom, and he had a fabulous uh, companion in in strikership um, with Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Mm -hmm. so, so, of course, of course, uh, every cross he tried, every... Every um, you know center, every shot, uh, everything ended up being uh, scooped up by Slatan and, and put in the back of the net, which, which is why he had an, an amazing first season uh, at PSG. Like you said, he, he racked up like 21 assists, uh, if I'm not wrong, or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it was incredible, incredible numbers. Um, and then Unai Emery came uh, and Slatan left. Um, and and don't get me wrong because you won't you won't find a better a better header of the ball than than Edison Cavani but but he's no Slatan uh, technically speaking. Certainly um, lacking in the that swagger what... that Slatan has as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so I think that's what that's what hit Di Maria the most, um, and that's why he what was not able to keep producing um, the results he was producing at the beginning, but. Ever since, ever since, um, ever since Neymar came in, ever since Mbappe came in, uh, there's been changes in the dressing room. There's been changes uh, uh, in the management of the club, and he's been slowly 
um, but surely taking up again in his level. And he was so, so important for us last year um, in 2018. He was in uh, for, for us to continue the season, uh, especially since Neymar was injured, uh, he really became the creative force of the team. And the fact is that uh, Di Maria has many gimmicks uh, and many, many uh, tricks and, and, and tricks that uh, I don't personally enjoy as much when he plays uh, because it can make him a little bit inaccurate. Um, but, but he's been very, very important for us. He was, um, I believe, top goal scorer for... for uh, a PSG in um, the the last uh, half of that season, so since like January to May, um, he was so so good um, for us last season, and he's been he's been very good for us this season too. And I think uh, him going back to play to a stadium where he didn't find his best best football, um, where he kind of fell out with it with the uh, with the management uh, at the end of of his of his time there. I think it will be very emotional for him and he will be trying to to make sure PSG get a positive result um from 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 a stadium where he already uh played his trade all right then so let's get right into it uh Kose, what is your prediction for the score line of the first leg at Old Trafford oof um this is a hard one because um I know that uh PSG will be nervous um Manchester United are, you know, historically important team. Um, PSG need to get this win. Um, it's just a, a very important step in the in the direction of the project that that this win happens. Um, but I see it very hard uh, to go to Old Trafford um, and get a super positive result, um, especially since Manchester United are playing very good football, very positive football. Um, and and their confidence is very is flying very high. Um, so I don't know. My my a few of my coworkers at PSG talk weren't <laughs> as positive as I am. Um, Guillaume de Laporte, which is one of um our our flagship um podcasters uh, at PSG talk, said that he expected PSG to lose two one. Um, but I am gonna go with a little bit more of a positive note and say that the first leg is going to end up tying 1-1. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a scoreline I, uh, I was considering as well. I, I do think PSG will grab an away goal. Um, Victor Lindelof and Eric Bailly have been a pretty good center back pairing for us, and they looked very strong against Jamie Vardy, who's got uh, a pace advantage on both of them, and uh, on the set pieces against Harry Maguire today, who's got a sizable size advantage on them. Um, and that's something we're going to have to deal with in a much higher <laughs> realm with uh, Edinson Cavani and uh, Kylian Mbappe. I mean, Kylian Mbappe will give any defender problems with his uh, pace, and of course he's developing into a world-class striker now with his finishing ability, and Edinson Cavani is just a, a ruthless finisher in the box. Um, I'm going to go with my hopeful prediction, though, and I think United's going to win 3-1. I, I do think Marcus Rashford and Paul Pogba are going to give PSG problems, especially with PSG's midfield a little bit depleted, and particularly if Marco Verratti does not play. I think Paul Pogba will have his way in midfield. But I don't, I'm just not confident in United's defense at the moment to say that they'll keep a clean sheet in Champions League. But I do think with Ole back and with European Knights at Old Trafford just always being a classic, uh, I, I do think United will get enough to get a 3-1 win. 
Um, all right. I mean, that's uh, um, definitely a very important score if if that manages to happen. Um, and I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't be the end of of uh, Paris Saint Germain um, as a two 0 win would be able to, to drag them over the line. I mean, any game. team capable of scoring nine goals in a game, <laughs> obviously, it's uh, any lead is never safe in an aggregate uh, tie. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, don't tell me about it. Um, <laughs> but, but no, I agree. Um, I think I think uh, I do agree with you that that uh, Manchester United have an advantage uh, in midfield right now. Um, Andrew Herrera is playing some irresistible uh, football. So is is Pogba. Um, even Matic is having very very good games. So um, I wouldn't be surprised that that uh, that midfield is able to impose itself. Uh, in in front of a midfield that will hopefully uh, include Verratti, but that will probably still uh, have Marquinhos playing as a center defensive midfield, um, and that will probably still have Draxler um, being pulled back to play as an, as a number eight. So it's definitely a midfield that has quality, that has players, um, and that knows to what they are playing and to what extent they can um, achieve their influence in the game. Um, but the truth is that um, Paul Pogba, Matic, um, and whoever else uh, OGS decides to to put out, um, even if it's Lingard or or whoever he decides to put out uh, in that midfield, will probably have a better passing than uh, one midfielder paired up with one central defender and one right winger. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that is definitely something to ponder and something to consider. It's going to be extremely important how Tuchel decides to approach this game. Um, I would suggest trying to keep the score as low as possible, considering that uh, many of our key players are not present uh, and it's an away game. Um, but still uh, being able to support that midfield because players that are so talented are going are gonna to be able to go through. Yeah, and I, I think another uh, X factor for PSG is how well Gigi Buffon plays. I think his experience in the Champions League uh, was probably one of the biggest things they looked at when they were looking at goalkeepers this summer and ended up deciding on bringing Gigi Buffon to the club. I, uh, with Juventus, he's just had years and years of experience dealing with some of the highest quality of players and attackers uh, the game has seen in the past couple of decades. And he's had a pretty good season at PSG as well. Um probably good enough to warrant uh, some criticism of Juventus for letting him go in the first place in favor of keeping Wojciech Szczesny. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and let me tell you something. Uh, it's been such a delight uh, to have Buffon come into the team. He is such an incredible professional. He is always setting an example. Oh, he always always works 110% um it, it's i am so happy he's he's probably one of one of the the best signings uh we've made in in the Qatar era and i think i think that the reason um that you stated that that he has experience in champions league he's an experienced goalkeeper he has uh won pretty much everything um you know barring a champions league um yep. but but he's still one of the one of the legends of the game um and even even now i can tell you i remember um in that in that classic against marseille uh where, where Kylian mbappe uh, was late um for the for the for the concentration and and buffon dragged him to a side and 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 gave him a speech about you know life and whatnot <laughs> um 
and and I think that is uh, just like you said what what he is bringing to the team. Um, Ariola is also a fabulous goalkeeper, but I will I do think that Buffon will start uh, against Manchester United. Um, and and I think his his performance is going to be incredibly important um, because his experience uh, on how he marshals that backline will be imperious if we want to if we want to get a, a positive result at Old Trafford. Um, I also think though that his age um, is is uh, a factor uh, um, as we've seen mistakes from Buffon. Um, when in regards to to coming out of the box or 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 you know like more physical elements like speed and and uh, you know things in in that realm, um, but uh, like we saw against Napoli um, when he unfortunately committed a penalty after Thiago Silva made a, a defensive mistake. Um, but I still think that he is a world class player. Um, I think Juventus will not be as sad. Um, but uh, if if Buffon does does win Champions League with PSG, then they, they'll be able to to say something about letting him go. Yeah, certainly uh, been a big leader in the locker room uh, since his move to PSG, and his you know just world of knowledge and leadership uh, experience from Gigi Buffon, a World Cup winner, a serial Serie A winner with Juventus, and uh, I. I'm really looking forward to seeing a goalkeeper matchup of the quality between Gigi Buffon and uh, David De Gea. Uh, in a game where there's so much attacking talent, sometimes they get lo- it's lost how much uh, defensive prowess both teams can have, too. Uh, David De Gea, I think, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world. Obviously, as a Manchester United fan, I'll say that. But I think Gigi Buffon, even at his age, uh, 40 or close to 40, uh, to still be in that conversation as well as one of the top goalkeepers in the world is just remarkable. Oh yeah, I think it's uh, just like you said. It's um, it's blinding that that he, you know he he just turned um, he just uh, had his birthday uh, just very recently. Um, he is in the in the forties. It's insane that he's still so good um, because he's still amazing. Um, I've seen him play, <laughs> uh, but but I, I do think that his his best talents um, are used in the locker room. Um, and and I think that he will be a, an incredible presence. Of course, like you said, De Gea, we've seen uh, the saves he can pull off, uh, and his his reflexes, um, his decision making is is just uh, incredible. But but um, it it'll be it'll be very important to see how that uh, that affects both players. Um, Cavani is a player that once he gets frustrated, if he doesn't is not able to score. Um, I don't know if he'll be able to break that. Uh, Mbappe, like you said, his his finishing has been getting uh, consistently better, uh, but he still depends a lot on Neymar um, for assists and and uh, through balls and and um, that that, uh, that situation that that leave him uh, with chances to score. Um, but I think I think um, Angel Di Maria, like you said, may have something down down his sleeve, um, and if they are able to beat what is one of the best goalkeepers in the world in the hair, um, they would be able to to use that confidence to keep on going um, rather than being thwarted, uh, which is something that could still happen uh, with any of the two goalkeepers being of, of such a great level. 
Yeah, and uh, of, of course, in the first leg, that defensive matchups against all these great attackers is really going to be important for setting the tone for the tie. Kose, uh, uh, we're running up on our time, but I want to thank you again for joining from PSG Talk. Uh, PSG fans, be sure to check out their website and their podcast. It's available on iTunes and, I guess, wherever podcasts are made. Kose, uh, you want to plug PSG Talk a little bit? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, we are in pretty much all major platforms. Um, we, you know, talk about PSG, it's pretty straightforward. Um, but we are having a lot of fun doing it, and we have such an amazing team, um, and we get to meet incredible people uh, like you <laughs> uh, every day, which I think is something that I treasure very, very much. Um, I love working with that bunch. Uh, for me, it's an honor to, to, to come over here and, uh, and have people listen to all of my ramblings and my opinions about um, all things PSG. But um, I am so stoked uh, that we work together, so happy to see what comes out of, of this collaboration um, and hope to, to continue it in the future. Yeah, thanks again, Jose. It's an honor to have you. It's always great to get uh, opinions from the other side. And soccer as the beautiful game, football, uh, you know, it, part of it is just the enjoyment that everyone gets out of their own team, uh, regardless of the matchup. So uh, really looking forward to this quality matchup between Manchester United and PSG. Jose, thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. Uh, may, the, may the best team win. <laughs>